listeners. Today, Nick and I are joined at Freedom Fest with Joshua Phillip, a senior investigative reporter for the Epoch Times. How are you doing today? Uh, doing well. You know, there's uh, no shortage of news these days, right? Oh, man, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to keep up with. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what we were talking about. We originally didn't intend on sticking sticking to strictly politics. Like we th we thought we'd break it up a little bit, but we started around the election, and it's been crazy ever since. That, that's that's life these days. It seems, especially if you're, you know, the interesting thing is the uh, the big the big mainstream media have kind of vacated the uh, traditional journalism space, and so there, there's a lot of shoes to fill, a lot to go, a lot to go on right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The way you look at that, it's like there's a market for real journalism, and it's like <laughs> yeah. I know my exposure to the Epoch Times, it's always yeah. covering the stuff that is like real life like it's a, you guys are a, a legitimate institution and you're taking the news that you would think that if you're a, a news company you'd want these stories right? oh yeah but they refuse yeah. to touch them and they don't get any punishment for it and I guess you could point to things like uh, Operation Mockingbird if you want to put your tinfoil hat on for a second. I like to do that sometimes. But uh, what do you make of that, like the, the news stories that just are not covered by the mainstream media? You, you know, the way I see it now is that most media is just plain old propaganda. It's serving a corporate inter interest. It's serving a big business, uh, big government interest. And the whole idea of just telling news and just giving people the news that matters and telling them what's really happening... Uh, doesn't seem to be in the interest of a lot of these of a lot of these organizations. They're not news organizations anymore. They're corporate mouthpieces working on government lobbying, basically. Right, right. So, you know, we, looking over your profile and stuff, you specialize in in a topic that's a very very hot topic, especially within the liberty community, in terms of like big tech censorship, and you know its relation to like Chinese activity within it. Um, I, I know I can speak personally that I've, I've watched Twitter did that big purge right after the election. And oh, yeah. I, I lost, I don't even have that big of a following. I, I bet you I lost 50 people. You know, they were suspending profiles left and right. So could you elaborate a little bit more on your work that, you know, and what you've covered in terms of big tech censorship? And so I, I have a pretty broad beat. I've been with Epic Times since 2006 and 2008 to about 2012. Unintentionally, I started a lot of my investigative work. Uh, where I accidentally uncovered the Chinese Communist Party's main spy operations in the United States called the United Front Work Department. I uh, found out how that overlapped with government corruption here in the United States and the Chinese Mafia uh, involvement. And really? it, was, uh, it was quite the adventure, to say the least, as you could possibly imagine. And, uh, you know, of course, from there, I went into understanding a lot of corruption here in the United States and the way a lot of businesses were working with the Chinese Communist Party. And especially the way that the United Front, this operation I uncovered, was working is they worked to basically subvert all of the elites of society. So okay. you get the politicians in your pocket or at least the people on their, you know, their teams, their staffers who then can shape the policies or public messaging. You get the think tanks in your pocket and you shape policy if you control the think tanks. Right. Yeah. They get big business and big finance to lobby on their behalf. The Chinese Communist Party get them to lobby on their behalf to our government. You control the, some of the media organizations, some of the big, uh, uh, you know, academics. Suddenly, yeah. you control all the messaging in the country. And if you get influence over Hollywood, you control the. Uh, you can. You basically control the culture of the country. Yeah. And so, my beat I exposed pretty much all these things across the board and I've been kind of on this beat for a long time and uh, when it comes to big tech censorship a lot of what they're doing is just mimicking what the Chinese Communist Party is doing and, and I think this is where it gets scary because 
We can look at the types of social monitoring systems that exist in China and the way the government uses them to, I mean, pretty much eliminate freedom. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, pretty much to like the, the most fine degree you could imagine. Those systems exist here in the United States. It's just that it's not being done through the government. It's being done by private businesses, ironically or interestingly, working very closely with the Chinese Communist Party. And all it's going to take for them to implement that here is just them having the, politi the political, ideological willpower to do it. And they're showing signs now that they do have that behind them. Yeah, yeah. And are you a fan of the term the cathedral or are you familiar with it? I'm not familiar with that. Okay, so the cathedral, it's like kind of big in libertarian circles. It was Curtis Yarvin that coined the phrase. And it was basically what you just laid out. Government institutions, the universities, Hollywood, like entertainment that seem to all have like this this uh, echo chamber where they all arrive at the same conclusions on any given story all the time. Like they move in unison and they legitimize each other. Like the, the professors will back up the politicians, will back up the think tanks, and then Hollywood, all these people that people love to follow and look up to will just echo those opinions. And it creates like this very dominant narrative in our culture. And when I look at like, you know, Epoch Times and some other different news outlets, they're going counter to that cathedral narrative. And that's what I really like to see. So my question is, do you think that this cathedral narrative, is it getting stronger right now with all of the censorship or do you think it's dying? It's, it's getting a whole lot stronger, I think. Okay. Um, at, this, at the same time, it's creating a lot of public demand for a replacement. Yeah, and I, I do think that there. I do think that if somebody were to make a Facebook replacement or a, a good Twitter replacement, I think everybody everybody's waiting for it to happen right now. Yeah, uh, it's gonna it's gonna take over. If someone can make if someone could replace the main like tech infrastructure, I think a lot of people would jump on it real quick, and I think very quickly that would become like pretty much the new product. Every, everybody wants a new product right yeah, now right, and right. we're just waiting for it to happen and i feel like there's there i mean there are some good platforms like odyssey is a great youtube replacement people were big on parlor before amazon nuked them and i think they're back up now well, they also released a bunch of information too but who parlor did yeah because you had to scan to send direct messages you had to scan your id oh yeah so they they willingly got people to give up their personal information oh yeah yeah but you, you know what it's going to take it's going to take a few big names to get behind a new platform Yes. Uh, I think especially if Trump were to put his weight behind one platform, that's going to become the biggest platform in the country right quick. Yeah, and, and the pro I mean, his, he had like a big thing after he left office, and then he essentially came out with a blog. It's like, come on, man, like, let's do something a little more. Uh, I, I've, I've heard from people close to him that they are working on something. They are? Okay. Okay. I mean... I, nice I, 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 I've heard it from people close to him, so take it for what it's worth. But okay. I, I have heard they're building it, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, so, no, I mean, and yeah, go ahead, Tyler. What do you, you know, for, I think for like the first time in a long time, like Wall Street, big tech, all overwhelmingly vote, uh, donated to the Democratic Party. And do you think that's because Carol Roth actually presents in her book, The War on Small Business, that small business is decentralized, very tough to control. And to kind of go back to what you said about, you know, you get these big centralized corporations that they're consolidating power over the, the industry, but they're, they're not, they're private, but are they really, you know? And I, I'm kind of seeing this kind of trend towards like authoritarian tendencies happening right before our eyes. Is that being directly coerced by the Chinese, we'll say communist party infiltrators, 
Or is it just that they realize they can make money in China, so they play nice with them? Let's put it this way. If, if you go to China right now and you do business, the government has to have a lot of control over your business. I mean, I've, I know with some startups, it's like you basically give half, half your company to them. If you're a tech company, you have to uh, you have to give them access to your source codes, all your all your information. They, right. they they have your stuff. The Chinese Communist Party will only keep you there as long as they feel they need you. Otherwise, they call you what's called a sparring partner, meaning you're there to train them on how to replace you. Oh, okay. uh, they have a new program now they're launching, uh, in fact, just launched, where they, they, they went to all the companies operating in China and told them, if you're here, you're a Chinese company, and that's just how it is. And with that, they mean that if the Chinese Communist Party sanctions, for example, a U.S. official, like they did with Pompeo, these companies have to enforce those sanctions. And so you're going to have these companies deal with the issue. And, and the fact that they're still there right now says a whole lot about how they made that decision, frankly. Right. Because them being there right now means they made their decision and they're still there, meaning they're playing with the CCP's game. Uh, these are companies now that have basically sworn their loyalty to the Chinese Communist Party if they're still operating there. And if it ever came down to it, there's a big conflict, they, they know, we, we know where their loyalties are. Uh, you know, the issue we str I think one of the big issues we have in the United States and with these transnational corporations, which is what they are, right, they're not really American companies, they're transnational organizations. Right. For sure, yeah. Is that, you know, it's, it's really been government subsidies and different interventionist policies that have allowed them to become what they are. And I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, classical libertarianism like Ludwig von Mises and these guys. You know, what they were warning about was that even at the turn of the century, even in early 1900s, you already had, within the, within the um, capitalist system, you already had a lot of socialist elements. And when you had these, uh, you know, really uh, companies coming about, they were getting monopolies over industries, a lot of that was because of government interventionist policies that were basically subsidizing these types of operations and allowing them to become bigger than they could naturally. And I think we, we have seen the, the long-term impact of that, where we have these what are really pseudo-government organizations that, yeah. that masquerade as private businesses that work hand-in-hand -hand with government on censorship or even work as the, the, you know, the handmaidens of censorship right. for these governments uh, that you know, can operate without the, without the oversight or uh, they can operate without having to respect the Bill of Rights. Right. And, and really have a huge, huge monopoly over daily life and business. And uh, it, it is something I think we're going to have to face one of these days, hopefully very soon. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I'm all for the free market, but these companies are strangling the free market as far as I can see it. Yes. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times, you know, this is a big libertarian event that we're at, libertarian conservative. And I feel like a lot of times... You know, libertarians and conservatives get caught in this way of thinking like public versus private, and public's always bad, private's always good. And the way I like, I've brought this up on the podcast before, but it's like the New York Times is a private company, your local fire department is a government entity. Like, which one is the more benevolent institution? And it's not even, yeah. you don't even have to think about it. And uh, I, I think what we're seeing right now, like you just mentioned, like these, these arms of government. And what illustrates that better than anything, in the last week we saw the White House come out and say that they're going to uh, tell Facebook what is misinformation and kind of guide them with air quotes there. Uh, what do you make of that now that they're more nakedly admitting that they're doing this? Well, you know, I, I, think, I think in the United States, big government realizes that it has limited ability to strip away our rights. Right. And so they know that the private industry can do that. Yeah. 
And so they can give the private industries special protections like Section 230, the Communications Decency Act, yep. that right. gives them legal protection. They can't be sued. They can give them subsidies. They can make contracts with them. They can have special programs where they get special government accounts where they can report content they don't like and have it censored and pulled off the Internet. But it's being done through the medium of private business. And private business is able to do these types of things. Government is working hand-in-hand -hand with the system. Now, what do you call it when government and corporations work hand-in-hand? -hand? Yeah. It's an F word, right? Yeah, it's some, some S word. Fauciism? Fauciism. Yeah, right. that, that's the one. <laughs> and, and, and that's what it is. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, and that's the problem we're facing right now. I mean, you know, if, if we understand what totalitarianism is... How, you know, how did the conquerors of the past or the warlords of the past establish totalitarian regimes? I'll tell you, it wasn't through, like, democratic election means typically. No, it was they conquered. Right. And these are conquerors who've taken things over through the public domain and built these totalitarian regimes that are, take the form of businesses, but in every way they're playing the role of totalitarian regimes. Right. And... and Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You know, you're seeing that too with uh, like this talk of vaccine passports. The government's like, well, private companies can enforce it, but like, who's strong arming them to enforce it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we, exactly. No business, that's not in anyone's business interest to enforce that. And, and we know that they've like they've been caught in the past, like going after companies that won't play ball with their agenda. Like they're urging companies to go along with things like vaccine passports. And we know that in the past, like, the IRS has targeted conservative companies before. And it's like, okay, so they're really coercing companies to do what they want. When they drag all of these tech executives up in front of Congress and they threaten them and they say, you know, we're worried about this. And it's like, you know, they kind of got them by the short hairs. Like you said, how is that not fascism? How is that not government that's, they're privatizing tyranny? Yeah. And, and, and it's a conflict, I think. You know, it's, it's a problem I think we have to deal with as a society that, how do you balance this? Because I think we all, as Americans, want to have a free market and we don't want to have government intervention within our market. But at the same time, uh, frankly, the government is propping up these megalithic corporations that are dominating every single part of our lives. And if they choose to kick us off this, you know, how do you, how do you run a business right now if you, if, you don't have, if you can't have credit cards, if you can't access online advertisement, yeah. if you can't access social media to tell people about it, these have overtaken the basic institutions of our society. Right. The town hall, the, you know, your social network, your net, you know, and I don't mean like the technology, I mean your personal social network. They right. own it. Right. They own your ability to monetize things. They own your ability to be heard. And if they can strip that from you, you know, it's like they deperson you. It's like yeah. it's like a like a technological gulag you get thrown into, where suddenly right. you're denied access to like the main systems that run our society. And, and think about how recent this is, and how fast it's been moving. Where it was what 2018 when YouTube removed Alex Jones, and then he was off Twitter like you know a, a day later. And it's like everybody's going. This is this is crazy. They're just removing him for no reason, or because of Sandy Hook. And now, like less than three years later, now we see the purging. It's just it's it's on a hockey stick curve. Like it's becoming more and more. And the creepiest thing to me is the debanking. Like PayPal won't process their payments. They can't. They're doing bank that to it. the gun industry right now. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's it's really really worrying. I mean, it's uh it's bizarre. But um, you, any uh, we're getting up on time here. We got another interview coming up. But uh, tell us where to find. Yeah, tell the listeners where to find you. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, so you can find my show Crossroads on Epoch TV. It's a, it's a show of Epoch Times. That's epochtv.com forward slash crossroads. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you.